Welcome everyone to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at the Score. Appreciate you tuning in for another Tuesday episode. I didn't actually plan to do Tuesday morning shows this season, but I had so much to say last week after the opening slate of games that I had to break it down into two shows. This week, I want to keep that going. I can't promise that we're going to do Tuesday shows all season, but if I have the time and if we have stuff to discuss, which let's face it, we almost always do, I'll try to get on the mic as much as possible. Now, for today's show, we have two weeks of data in the books here. Normally, I prefer three or four weeks of games before I really start to feel like I have things locked down, but we have to start making decisions on our rosters. We got to try to get ahead of things, set ourselves up to be contenders. We can't necessarily wait until we get clarity on all these different situations. And whether you're 2-0 and or you're 1-1 or you're 0-2, you can always make your team better. One of the best ways to do that is by making trades and going out, getting some players at a good value. So on today's show, I'm going to give you some of the players that I'm buying and selling after two weeks, and then we'll be back Wednesday with our usual weekly preview episode. We'll have a guest for that one. I'm really excited for the guest this week too, but let's start with five players who I'm trying to buy, and then we'll do the five that I'm going to sell on this week. And my first buys are a pair of teammates. Chris Godwin and Leonard Fournette, and it hasn't been a very smooth start to the season for the Buccaneers. Injuries on the offensive line, injuries in the receiving core, Mike Evans getting ejected for fighting this week, but they found a way to win both games, and that defense is absolutely astounding, and they're going to find a way to figure things out and get it right on offense as well. Now, for Godwin, it's not much of a question about his talent or his production. When he's healthy, Godwin's a top 15 fantasy receiver, maybe even top 10, but he was coming back from the ACL tear, maybe came back too soon. He suffers the hamstring injury that forced him to miss week two, could force him to miss a few more games here, but that's why this is the perfect time to buy him. If you're 2-0, if you're 1-1, you feel like your roster's good, but you want to look towards the second half of the year in the fantasy playoffs, you get a player like Godwin, you stash him away on your bench for a few weeks, and once he's back healthy, you have an impact player in your lineup. So it's the injury discount that you're after for that one, especially if the manager with Godwin is struggling. If they're 0-2, they're going to be desperate. They're going to need wins. And a sideline Godwin is not helping them right now. So Godwin, as a long-term buy, a guy that you pick up now and you have him in the second half of the season when you really need to make a push. And then for Fournette, he comes out, he playfully apologized to all the fantasy managers out there that he hasn't scored a touchdown yet, but everything else is there for him. 23 touches, 137 yards in week one, played 76% of the snaps, and then 26 touches, I know just 74 yards in week two, in part because of a tough matchup with the Saints, but Fournette, he played 87% of the snaps in that game, so volume-wise, no concerns at all, he's one of the few workhorse backs left out there, and he's a strong top 10 fantasy option right now at running back, but fantasy managers, they might be a little bit down on him because the numbers haven't been huge so far due to the lack of touch downs and that reduced production against the Saints. So now is the time to try to get Fournette if you can. And I would also make sure you try to pick up his backup, Rashad White. He's still out there in over 60% of leagues somehow. White would be the clear starter if Fournette went down. He needs to be rostered everywhere. I'm shocked that he is still out there in that many leagues. Next up, third on my list here, Brandon Ayuk. And yeah, big surprise. I'm talking about Brandon Ayuk again, but Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback It's easier now to predict what we're going to get from this 49ers passing attack. 
even if the ceiling isn't as high as maybe it could have been if Lance had stayed out there and continued to develop into a star. We've seen Jimmy G run this offense. It's a solid group with him at the helm. And sure enough, with Garoppolo taking over in week two, we saw Ayuk put up bigger numbers, five catches, 63 yards on eight targets. And there's more where that came from. And if the manager with Ayuk, if they're not married to him, I would be trying to make a move and acquire him right now. I've said this stuff before, but during his rookie season, Ayuk was the wide receiver 15 in fantasy points per game from week three on, and then starts the sophomore campaign. He's in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse, but once he broke clear of that drama, Ayuk was the wide receiver 22 over the final 10 outings last season. So I like him as a high-end wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside the rest of the way for fantasy, especially if Debo Samuel is going to continue to work out of the backfield with Elijah Mitchell out. It means more targets for Ayuk downfield. And speaking of the backfield, actually, I'd be trying to get Jordan Mason on my benches right now. Elijah Mitchell still for a couple months. Jeff Wilson played pretty well last week, but Ty Davis-Price, He mixed in and got 14 carries. They ran the ball a ton in that game. Maybe that was the game plan, but Ty Davis price, 14 carries only turned into 33 yards. So not great production for him, but now he's dealing with a high ankle sprain that could sideline him for several weeks might really even sap his effectiveness. The rest of the season we've seen when running backs get hurt with high ankle sprains, they come back. They're not the same. So I would expect Jordan Mason's going to get some carries this week. And now he's only one injury away from being the starter for the 49ers. Plus, he really popped when he was on the field in the preseason. His name came up a ton. Beat writers talking about him throughout OTAs and training camp. We even had Adam Schefter say that Mason was an intriguing name to keep an eye on last week. So Mason is a quality bench stash who might be flying under the radar a little bit right now if people aren't realizing that TDP's hurt. But this is a buy-sell show, so it's not a waiver wire show. We talked about the waiver wire guys yesterday. I just thought I should mention Mason because the Ty Davis price news, the high ankle sprain stuff, that came out after we recorded on Monday. So I just throw in that one in there, a little bonus one for you. Uh, let's keep moving here though. Two more buys to get to Ramondra Stevenson. Now Stevenson, he's intriguing in his own right, especially after what we saw in the first game with Ty Montgomery on IR, which was this week. Stevenson played 62% of the snaps, just 40% for Damian Harris. Stevenson ran 60% of the routes, just 27% for Harris, but Harris was still the lead back. He had 17 touches, 87 yards from scrimmage and a score. Stevenson finished with 10 touches for 53 yards. But here's the thing. Harris left late in that game with a knee issue, and it seems like he's fine. He should be good to go in week three, but either way, Stevenson's a smart add. If Harris ever misses time, Stevenson would be a top 15 fantasy back in my rankings. And even with Harris active, you could still play Stevenson and get some flex value there. So if you can get him at flex value prices, I would be doing that because there aren't many backup running backs that would immediately vault up into the top 15, top 20 if their starter gets hurt. Stevenson is one of them. So we're buying Godwin. We're buying Leonard Fournette. We're buying Brandon Ayuk, Ramondre Stevenson, and also Rashad White and Jordan Mason. Those were the bonus ones that we threw out there, guys. You could probably get off the waiver wire. And then the last name on my list here for buys, hear me out on this one. It's David Montgomery. And I know you might think I'm crazy for suggesting that you go buy somebody in this Bears offense after what we've seen from them the last two games. But in week two, the rushing attack wasn't that bad. It's been the passing game that's really struggled for them. And on Sunday night, Montgomery, 17 touches, 136 yards from scrimmage, had two catches in the process, and that's after getting 20 touches in week one. So the volume has been there for him. But the Bears have also faced two of the best defenses in the league in the first couple weeks here, right? They had the 49ers in the bad weather, and then they had the Packers in Lambeau. 
And now this week, they're actually favored at home against the Texans. And the Texans have given up the seventh most fantasy points to running backs this season. And then you look ahead on their schedule over the next stretch, they get the Texans, the Giants, the Vikings, and the Commanders. All decent matchups, and what have we seen from Montgomery in the past? When he has a favorable schedule, he's put up good numbers the last couple years for fantasy. So this is more of a short-term buy. It's got to be one where you're going to be active, you're going to be paying attention to it. You're buying Montgomery now, you're going to use him for a few games, take advantage of those matchups, and then you're flipping him for more after he has some strong performances against these easier opponents. Because it's hard to judge the Bears' offense simply on what we've seen from them in two really difficult spots against the 49ers and the Packers. And that's also why I'm holding Darnell Mooney at the moment. I know I'm getting a lot of questions about Mooney. He's somebody that I recommended before the season. And yes, we're worried. We are 100% worried. The concern meter is high on him. But obviously, these matchups have factored in. Better matchups are on the way. So I'm giving him another chance to prove it before we outright give up on him and really give up on this passing attack as a whole. So those are five, or really, I mean, it turned into seven or so guys that you should be buying right now. As for the sells, Derrick Henry topping that list for me. And this one might be tough because he's coming off a bad performance in a primetime game on Monday. And normally when it's the one-off games where everybody can tune in, it makes it tough because the results really stand out even more. But in this case, it's possible that a lot of people switched over to that Eagles-Vikings game since the Bills were just blowing out the Titans. So maybe they didn't get the full experience of what Henry and that Titans offense look like. Either way, Henry had okay numbers in week one, 21 carries, 82 yards. It's not what we expected from him, but at least the volume was there. This week, 13 carries, 25 yards, and a score. Saves his day a little bit with the touchdown, but this is getting kind of ugly for Henry. He's not being used in the passing game at all. Just one target, no catches through two games. He's 28 years old. We talked about this before the season. Turns 29 in January. Are we getting up to that cliff? A power back, a big-bodied guy, had the foot injury last year. Is he going to start to break down now? And this Titans offense might be what's really doing him a disservice because specifically their offensive line, it's not as strong as it's been in recent years. So it's all kind of working against Henry at the moment. And if we look ahead, He's got a decent matchup with the Raiders this week, but coming up, he has two games against that stout Colts run defense week four and week seven. He's got a bye in week six, so only two good matchups over the next five weeks for Henry. I'd be trying to move him right now, even if you have to take a little bit of loss on the trade. I expect his value is going to be even lower a month from now, so I'd be trying to move him immediately. The next guy on my list, I hate to include him here, but DJ Moore. I mean, Baker Mayfield hasn't been great through two games, just doesn't seem to have any sort of chemistry with Moore, Moore just six targets in each contest so far, came away with three catches and 43 yards in both games. He did score a touchdown in week two, which was nice to see. I mean, that's part of the reason, to be honest, why I'm selling him right now, because I think that touchdown inflates his numbers a bit, might give you a chance to sell him at an acceptable price right now, because talent-wise... Moore's a top 10, top 12 receiver in the league, but in this offense, with the way Mayfield's running things right now, Moore can't be counted on as anything more than a low-end wide receiver too for fantasy. And now he's getting the Saints defense this week, which could be a tough day for the Panthers all around. So I'd be trading more for somebody like 
Gabe Davis or Christian Kirk, some of these guys that fantasy managers might not realize that they've jumped up in value and they're up into the wide receiver two fantasy mix now, and they'll continue to be there moving forward. I would rather have both those guys than DJ Moore, which is kind of shocking. Marquise Brown, he's also somebody I'd be trying to actively move off my roster if you can get equivalent value for him. The numbers haven't been awful for Brown, four for 43 and a touchdown in week one, six for 68 in week two, including 11 targets, but he's got some tough matchups on the way. He's got Jalen Ramsey and the Rams in week three. He's got Darius Slay and the Eagles in week five. And don't forget, DeAndre Hopkins is coming back after he serves his six game suspension. So the volume is going to be impacted a lot at that point. That's a big reason why I just rather get something in return for Hollywood now instead of being left holding the bag when he becomes more of a, a boomer bust player in the second half of the season with Hopkins there. I have him valued as a wide receiver three right now. I have him outside of my top 30 wideouts in the rest of season rankings that are going to come out on Wednesday. So that gives you an idea of maybe what you could be looking for in terms of a return on that trade. No shock on this next one, Amari Cooper. He's coming off a monster nine catch, 101 yard, one touchdown performance against the Jets. Could be a high watermark for him all season long. That's after he threw up that dud in week one, three catches, 17 yards against the Panthers. But this is Amari. This is what he does. And this is also this Browns passing attack. We talked about that before the season, that they like to spread the ball around, that you don't really see guys maintaining a massive target share week over week. Sometimes the volume's going to be there for Cooper. Sometimes they're going to spread it around. It'll be somebody else like in week one when it was Donovan Peoples-Jones with 11 targets in that game. Cooper, he is just not going to put up these kind of numbers with any sort of regularity when he's playing with Jacoby Brissett. So I would take advantage of the big game. I would trade him away for another wide receiver three that you like better. And I would do it before Cooper gets some of these tougher matchups on the way, like the Chargers and the Patriots in weeks five and six. I think those could be a concerning little stretch for him there. So I would try to move him before that. And then the last name for Sells is TJ Hawkinson. And don't get me wrong. I like the volume, 14 targets through two games. That's pretty decent for a tight end. He's tied for eighth at the position in terms of targets, but Hawkinson just hasn't done much with it. Four for 38 in week one, three for 26 in week two. And honestly, he hasn't looked that great out there. What I'm not doing is I'm not writing him off completely. This is just we're assessing his fantasy value and where he's at now. What I'm saying is that he's not going to push for top five tight end numbers. He's a lot closer to the low end tight end one, guys. So if you can move him for something just based off the name and based off the potential because he's still a young player... I would do it. I'd be fine grabbing Gerald Everett or Logan Thomas or Irv Smith and just taking my chances with them as a guy who could potentially give you low-end tight end one value as opposed to Hawkinson where people thought he was going to be top five, top six, top seven, and I really don't think he's going to end up in that range with Amonra St. Brown, with DeAndre Swift, those guys powering the Lions offense. Hawkinson really just going to top out now as a low-end tight end one for fantasy. But just to recap here for the cells, Derrick Henry, DJ Moore, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, Amari Cooper, and TJ Hawkinson. And that is all for today's show. If you're still trying to figure out your waiver wire ads this week, you can go back, you can listen to Monday's episode, or you can go check out my full waiver wire column over at the score. The first edition of the week three rankings, they're going to go up on Tuesday night. And then the updated trade value chart will go up on Wednesday. I will also be back on Wednesday with the week three preview show as well. But until then, big thanks to Josh Allen and my bills for cruising to the win on Monday night football. Also helped me make a couple comebacks in some of my fantasy league. So that was great to see. And big thanks to the on-field medical personnel and the doctors who took care of Bill's corner, Dane Jackson. Great to hear that he was released from hospital and he's doing well. And as always, big thanks to everybody out there for listening and we will see you next time. 
said leave on time my baby said leave on time leave on time with me tonight I said leave on time